0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
1: You're listening to Broncos
0: for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: Welcome in, guys.
2: Welcome in. It is Tuesday morning. It is 634. I am probably 734 where most of you are at. And it is January 11th. And that means it's time for an episode of Broncos for breakfast. Gosh, my brain my brain froze for a second because I messed it up yesterday. I'm like, wait a second, what day is it? Okay, Broncos for breakfast. The clock, the sun is not up yet, and uh, my brain is just starting to work. I've had one cup of coffee though, so I'm really starting to feel oh, it. Get excited. it's hard
1: to keep up sometimes. I see you more than I do my family, so uh, building the Dove Valley Deep Divers for breakfast. Nice, gosh. Inside, carry the one. It's it's the
2: off season. Um, we're gonna have a good time with it, and man, the Broncos. Uh, talk about, you know, we're going to be busy here at Mile High Huddle on the Broncos for Breakfast, Mile High Insiders, Huddle Up, all these guys. And you know who's going to be busy? George Payton. These guys, they're casting the biggest coaching search I've ever seen as far as candidates go. So we got a lot to talk about today. You guys can follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Obviously, we're with Mile High Huddle. Go to our YouTube page, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but before we even get into the conversation about... George Payton and all these candidates that we're gonna have to run through. We want to shout out to Ethan coming in with the a banger. I guess that's just what you call it, a banger off the off the bat. DWI guys, two hundred fifty smackaroos. Good morning, gents, in Broncos country. Here's to casting a wide net on the coaching search. Just as long as it snags the right leader. Well, Ethan, yeah, you're the leader in our clubhouse now.
1: After this, so uh, yeah, you're like a you. <clears throat> you're like a Ronald Acuna leadoff guy, a leadoff guy with pop. You know, for the older folks who don't may not know who. Ronald Cunha is. Uh, he hits 500-foot home runs from leadoff position, like Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson hit about 200-and-something home runs from leadoff. So you're a leadoff guy with pop, for sure, Ethan. Appreciate you out there. And, and buckle in. There should be some good football in the next couple of days in your neck of the woods, too. So leg two, Chelsea, Spurs tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I'm jealous. I really am. Um, I wouldn't give up my kids growing up where they are for it, but... What do I want to do? I want to drink coffee and I want to watch soccer in London. That's what I want to do with my days. That's uh, big ambitions. One day, Scott, uh, you, you lived in Seattle. Were you in Seattle for a
2: bit? I can't remember. Carl was in Seattle. I wasn't. I was,
1: the company I worked for was in Seattle for a long time. I had my choice to move to LA or Seattle. And, um, it was when Fox had bought scout. I'm like, well, you know, Fox is in LA. I'm going to LA. So mm. um, I, I moved to LA, but I spent a lot of time in Seattle and really just Great city, Lo- I really like Seattle. Seattle, I think has the closest weather to uh, London. So a lot
2: of rain, kind of that forty to Misty seventy rain. Constantly. Yeah, like yeah. you know,
1: it rain when it rains in the south. It rains. You know, we yeah. call them you know frog stranglers. Yeah. Um, it rains, but it uh, it's it's it also gets sunny. We you know and hot. And, yeah, but yeah, there's it's cold and
0: wet. Always. In England a lot
2: constantly Uh miguel uh, miguel coming in good morning fellas great to see you DBA's in the house good morning everybody uh, i see that we got uh <laughs> mile high truth saying it, it's probably late again i feel like i'm typically pretty
1: good being somewhat on time and comparatively but, speaking we're like 20 minutes early no we we came in about 8 32 because we've got some business to take care of and we just wanted to make sure we had our yeah. our ducks in a row exactly. uh, as we launch a new sponsorship Yep,
2: absolutely. We got Luke Wright coming in too. Let's check out for that uh, new sponsor coming in, Luke. It's it's Manscaped. We'll have fun with it. Morning, folks. We got U.S. Dave, Dylan Von Ark's in the house. Good morning, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Colin Woods in the house too. Mile High Truth. Uh, so let's get into it. If unless there's anybody that I am uh, missing with the supers, Peter Middleton. Yeah, Peter. Peter, Peter came in with us
1: with uh, with some stars already. He says, "What's a surprise head coat selection from the list provided that actually has a genuine chance?" Well, for me, if the if the list is provided, then they're not a surprise. What I want to get into and I want to get back uh, to Ethan's comment about casting a wide net. Um, Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Meh, on casting a wide net and and then we'll we'll make this comment and then we'll we'll get in get into it uh, after a read. Is this is just the guys that you've been reported that you have to ask permission for? Mm. That's it. How about the guys that you don't have to ask permission for? About the college guys, who's missing from this list? There's not a single college guy on here. If you're going to cast a wide net, I won't be surprised if you're talking to some college people at all. I mean, obviously, we've talked, you know, some Jim Harbaugh and 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 his, his possibility, but who aren't we thinking about? Who? What's going on behind the scenes that we don't know? So, I, I think this net's even wider than we think than the eight guys that have been
0: reported already. Listen up, Broncos country, TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner Find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site. TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I think we might be up to nine guys. There was
2: another guy reported this morning from Tom Palacero uh, saying the Broncos requested an interview with Packers quarterback, coach past game coordinator, Luke Getze for the head coaching job. Um, he's 37 years old and one of the big risers in that Matt LaFleur coaching staff. So could maybe, maybe some of these guys are interviewing for, the defensive slash offensive coordinator as well um, for these guys. So it would make a lot of sense to pair Nathaniel Hackett with a Getzee as the offensive coordinator. But we'll see. We'll get into it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And EJ, is, uh, also where my head is at, congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs for winning the championship with that defense. I, I told you, Scott, I did not think Bryce Young would have uh, turn into God mode again last night. I thought that Georgia defense would be a little bit too much. And it looked like it was obviously Jamison Williams going down changed the complexion of that game completely losing Mechie and Jamison Williams, but it was a good game. Shout out to Georgia Bulldogs. Um, it was not David versus Goliath; It was King Kong versus Godzilla, but uh, still congrats to Georgia. They have a uh, a good thing coming up, coming upon there in Georgia with the recruiting base that they have. They,
1: they showed some mental toughness that I don't necessarily have expected in the past from teams from them, these parts, um, you know, like the, like the Falcons and Nick, you're frozen up just a little bit. And just like the uh, the Braves, you know, overcoming some adversity with injuries and stuff when normally they'd fold, uh, when that turnover and then going behind and late in the game went, behind, went against uh, the Bulldogs, I wasn't sure they had it in them to come back. Um, so that was that was a heck of a game. It really was. Congratulations to, I've got hundreds of Georgia Bulldog friends and family. So congratulations to all of you. I know that was a long time coming. Yeah, Scott, and lead us into it. If there's
2: any more supers coming in, I'm gonna cl- close and come back in like two seconds. Just to yeah, just it out. Yeah,
1: we've we've got a couple supers. I think we're caught up on stars. Um, uh, Ethan's coming back in again, and then let me, I'll come back and I'll let me scroll down here. Jesse, Jesse, that looks like a new name. Um, Jesse Fraley, so welcome. And this is a good one for me, uh, having uh, covered the Falcons and 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 growing up in Atlanta. And being in Atlanta when when Quinn was here, he says, I'm having a hard time believing in Dan Quinn. I'm looking at what he has done, and I can't get excited. Am I missing something? Uh, it's a good question. Um, the the big thing I, I think you're looking at, Quinn is just a change of environment. You talk about change in culture. And what you can get excited about is the players on this team, which we believe have the talent to be a playoff team, would be excited to play for him. That's a good thing. Um, A 500 coach – and don't forget, a 500 coach and going to the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons is a mean feat. I know what happened when they they got there. But the Atlanta Falcons are closer to the Cleveland Browns than the Denver Broncos. It's just – it's a franchise that took 50 years to even have back-to-back winning seasons. They set the record for all of professional sports for going the longest – without having back-to-back winning seasons. That's who the Atlanta Falcons are. That he had uh, an 11-win season, a 12-win season, finished about 500, and went to the Super Bowl, and probably should have won it. That can be seen as a plus and a minus. From this Falcons fan, that was seen as a plus. Um, Am I advocating for him? No, uh, but he is somebody who you could root for very well. Appreciate the... uh, the, the support, Jesse, and welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, Vincent, definitely not new to the show. What do you guys think of Brian Flores as a candidate? Um, Vincent, I'll tell you, I was a little surprised that he was let go. Um, I had been kind of banging the drum all week saying that, that here, uh, Vic Fangio's gone, nobody survives three losing seasons. And I was like, well, you know what? Brian Flores is going to survive three losing seasons. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I thought that team definitely showed that they were on the way up, that they were improving. Uh, And and that's what you're looking for as an administrator. If I'm judging my team, my players, my coaches, you know, are we improving? That's all I ever ask. Get better. Always get better. If you're on the right track, you'll get to where you're going eventually. I was a little surprised he was let go. Do you uh, have him as a head coaching candidate? Uh, You you bring him in for an interview, find out where his head's at, find out what his contract is, uh, you know, with his buyout and stuff. Can you bring him in as a defensive coordinator? You know, does he want to rehabilitate his image for a year? Does he want to sit out a year? Um, I would definitely talk to him for sure. Um, but appreciate it, uh, Vincent. And then welcome back in, Nick. And then one yeah. more. Uh, I know the answer to this one. Ethan comes in and says, Nick, were you surprised with the Eric Bieniemy request for a head coach for uh, an interview? Um, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator and former Colorado buff.
2: Yeah, I was a tad surprised. Hopefully my internet's working here. Um, but the, uh, from my understanding is that it was more of a hat tip to some CU people and Eric Biennemi himself um, rather than a serious candidate as far as the head coaching vacancy is concerned. But we'll see. Um, obviously, he has some issues in his past in regards to some behavior with co-eds um, in uh, Colorado in his past. So uh, that could make it harder to bring him in, but the Vance Joseph had those issues as well. And he was brought in. So who knows, maybe it's a different time uh, these days than when the Broncos hired Vance Joseph. But uh, my understanding again, is that it is more of a favor to be enemy and the uh, CU people in Denver and Colorado themselves.
1: So uh, yeah, a little surprise, a little surprise. And yeah. Travis Tarbuck saying uh, morning, fellas, congrats on the national championship. Scott, Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a Georgia fan. I uh, actually, I grew up, I was a pro sports fan in Atlanta growing up. I actually, I've always been for the underdog call it a masochistic. So I was actually a Georgia tech fan with my, with my college team growing up and then I went to Auburn. So a 25 year old me probably would have just sat in the corner and drank myself weeping to death, watching Alabama and Georgia playing for a national championship. It's like, let's see devil or demon, you know, which, which one of these do I want to root for pain? You know, maybe the whole place can blow up, but, more more mature these days uh and uh i i got to know kirby smart when i was uh when i was working recruiting and really am a big fan of his and if you you watched his interview afterwards and you you know kirby it, it'd be hard not to be excited for him um you know even giving credit to acknowledging the injuries that alabama had it's just it's just a classy move you know there's there's no excuses a win's a win a loss a loss uh, you know, if I know the Georgia fans weren't happy about the officiating, it, it, it goes both ways. Um, but I, I think, I think Kirby smart is all class and I'm, I'm happy for him. And like I said, I've got hundreds of Georgia Bulldog friends and family and I'm, I'm happy for them too.
2: Yeah, no, Georgia deserved it. They were the best team and uh man, so many fun players. We're going to watch that game. How many times before the draft? Just watching the, evaluating well, I didn't
1: the get long. to watch the first half cause I was in here with y'all. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that again and watch the the field goal kicking.
2: Yeah, it looked like a Big Ten game had broken out in uh, Indianapolis. So I think maybe the ghost of Iowa was haunting. Except that on game. a
1: fifty percent, you know, speed increase.
2: Hey, now <laughs> the, the Ohio State's got some speed. Let's let's be real. <laughs> That's about it. It's uh, but um. No, yeah, it was a good game. Um, let's get into the list of some of these candidates. You can kind of poke through and see if there's any supers or anything. But, man, what a list do we have so far. Broncos have requested permission to interview Jared Mayo, Dan Quinn, Moore. I guess I should say the, the, what these guys are. Jared Mayo, the linebackers coach for the Patriots. Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, former head coach of the Falcons, now defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator for the Packers. Jonathan Gannon, the offensive – no – is he the offensive coordinator, or the quarterback coach for the Rams? One of the two, uh, pass game oriented for the Rams. Former former uh, Jonathan uh, NFL quarterback too, in um, uh, Kevin O'Connell, Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator for the Lions. You also have the guy that we just talked about, um, Luke Getzey, the pass game coordinator and quarterback coach for the Packers. So. What a list. And you talked about it. That didn't even touch everybody. That doesn't touch Doug Peterson. That doesn't touch Jim Caldwell. That doesn't touch any uh, potential head uh, college coach. So Peyton, I mean, God bless you. He is a known as a workaholic. That's pretty obvious with the interviews. He's going to be doing a lot of time uh, going through these candidates and getting the best one.
1: Yeah, you've got a month. You know, you could you could spend this week interviewing a different person or two people a day and go through 15 people and narrow it down next week, you know, to, to final interviews. So you've got, there's no rush. There, there really isn't. Um, You aren't trying to, you're not the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're the Denver Broncos. Uh, You you know, you don't have to beat somebody. Someone Dan Quinn Let's go back to Dan Quinn told Jacksonville preemptively. Thanks, but no thanks. You know, I, I have better options. Denver's one of those better options. It's one of those teams. Now, I think you got to keep an eye on the Seattle Seahawks with Dan Quinn, uh, mm. depending on what happens over there long in the in the near term. But uh, you you're one of those teams. You're not the Jaguars that has to get out in front of everybody. You can you can take your time a little bit. And, and good on George Payton for doing so.
2: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be interesting to see. Do any of these guys to you stand out? I'm interested. I mean, what I really like about this is that Payton how much to, how many times did you talk about how impressed he was with Vic Fangio's work ethic? And like, there's a lot of talk about like Vic Fangio being the first one in last one out grinding tape, like to the point where the other coaches around him were like, you know, falling apart. Um, and that kind of feels like George Payton too, with his interview process here for the head coach, the, just the amount of names here, the amount of knowledge you're going to get. I really like that. They're bringing in a guy like, uh, Jonathan Gannon, Kevin O'Connell, Aaron Glenn, and Jared Mayo, uh, not just to figure out how those operations run, but, um, just getting different defenses as well. I mean, Jared Mayo with the Patriots running that five-zero-five 5 front, a lot of cover one press man. No team is doing what the Patriots are doing schematically right now. And uh, to get Jared Mayo in here to kind of lean some of the thoughts and processes of Bill Belichick and what that defense is doing might give you a leg up uh, because, you know, we see that too high defense, the match quarters spreading across the league. Soon there will probably be, there'll be more competition for those kind of players and those type of coaches. So maybe you want to lean the other way with uh, that five zero five front with the Patriots are running. So it will be interesting to see. I'm, I'm really excited about this wide net. Um, I don't really have anybody that I, I am pounding the table for, for a head coach, just because I can't evaluate a head coach. Like I can a player. I can't see how good a head coach is at grinding the tape. Like, I can see an edge rusher busting off the edge. It's a different kind of game. So, especially, I have a...
1: especially the up and coming ones that don't yeah. have the track record. It's tough. It's yeah. tougher. It's a risk. Yeah. Um, you know, you've you've got to take your chance on that. Michael Ranquillo coming in with big stars. Ooh. So, appreciate you coming in, Michael. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning to you, Michael. And Tucson on Broncos for breakfast and go Broncos for sure. Definitely, definitely.
2: Um, Sean coming in. Sean DeBakey. I don't re- recognize this name. Yep. So, welcome Sean. in, Sean. Yeah, thank you so much. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jets. Gents, says Sean. Hope all is well. Really good after that ball read. Um, Out of the eight requests, who do you think will be the guy? I still think it's going to be Dan Quinn. I think there's just too much smoke there. It is a relationship league. Uh, And Dan Quinn, they can bring in a Mike McDaniel. They could bring in an O'Connell, somebody to kind of have more of that offensive side. But I think it's I think it's going to be Dan Quinn. The way Peyton interviewed. Uh, with the Broncos media about what they're looking for, leadership, somebody who's not just an expert in on one side, but can elevate the guys around them, blah, blah, blah. It all just, to me, leads and points to Dan Quinn.
1: Well, and, and don't think, don't forget, you know, some of these guys are like, well, this is a quarterback's coach. Is he ready for, uh, you know, really the head coaching job? Who says it has to be for a head coaching job? Yeah. Um, you know, you can bring him in under the premise of, you know, head coaching job, but how'd you like to be the offensive coordinator? um you know this is what we're looking for here so anytime you see you know mayo linebackers coach maybe it's an upgrade to a dc or or something like that because you know those positions while not the offensive coordinator position is open um the defensive coordinator position is on hold so to speak it's certainly available for the right word so keep that in mind as well um i don't know i i don't have a feeling for this nick i really don't um I feel like, you know, Dan Quinn in Seattle makes sense to me. If that position opens, it really does. You talk about comfort level and success and being embraced by, uh, you know, he'd be universally embraced by the Seahawks where, you know, right now at best, the pulse of the Broncos fans is meh. at best for Dan Quinn. Well, he'd, he'd be loved in Seattle. So, um, I uh, I I don't know. I don't I don't quite feel that one yet. It's too early for me to say. This is this is how I'm feeling about it. Um, I don't know. Maybe just because Zach is so hyped about it. Um, Nathaniel Hackett. You yeah. know, it starts. That's the one who started. Who's like ticking the back of my brain a little bit just because of all the the, the talk about him. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we got a question coming
2: in from. Obi-Wan K. Uh, probably uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi there. A good thing you find your internet there in that cave. Obi-Wan. Um, why is there no interest in Clint Kubiak with his ties to Denver and Minnesota? Uh, I, that's a good question. I, I'm surprised they're not bringing in at least requesting an interview with Clint Kubiak. I don't know the dynamics of what that organization had with Clint Kubiak. I mean, is Clint still under contract? I don't remember him getting outright uh, fired like uh, Zimmer was. So maybe Clint Kubiak is still under contract with the Minnesota Vikings. And that means that they'd have to request to interview him. And it's kind of weird there since the Vikings just fired Rick Spielman and uh, Mike Zimmer. Like, who are you requesting to? So, uh, I do think that Clint might have a chance down the line. I think this was his first year with play calling duties as well, if I recall. So he's, uh, he's got a chance down the line, but it might be a year early on him just yet, but still good name to call call out. Um, he's got a future in this league where he'll be an offense coordinator. I'm sure he'll get some interviews just considering how badly people want to run that wide zone Shanahan spread.
1: Yeah. I'm Peter coming in with some stars earlier. And thanks for the reminder, Peter. I did. I did miss this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Broncos went for an experienced guy over the young up and coaches last time can see them taking the risk for a younger coach this time. And it's strange. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, I've mentioned this before. You went for an inexperienced old dude. Those are contradictions. You know, I hear that word thrown around a lot when the subject of Vic Fangio comes up and how he does things. And it was very contradicting that hire was a contradiction. Like I've said before, I feel like when I'm talking about him and the mistakes he's making, I feel like I'm talking about a 35, 30 year old kid. Uh, It felt strange to me to lambast a guy for being immature. That's a decade older than me and is, you know, in his Um, sixties. It just felt strange. So While you did go for an experienced guy, he definitely wasn't experienced at the rigors of the head coach. And what's the big shock to those guys the first time is how little football they actually have to get to deal with when you are the head coach and how much of the other stuff. And I don't think he had any interest. I don't think Vic had any interest in the PR aspect of things, the man management of things and all that. He's like, listen, I want to be the mad scientist. I want to run my defense and be with these guys. Um, you know who was the 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 best at that it was probably Buddy Ryan. You know, Buddy Ryan actually was so defensive minded. They they started fights. You know, it was always us against them, and this is on the same team. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I Vic reminds me a little bit of that.
2: Yeah, I guess Bill Belichick maybe a little bit too, uh, with how integrated he is in the defense and kind of not he not that he's hands off on the offense, but Josh McDaniels. There's a lot of trust with that when especially when Brady was there too. Uh, but it'll be. It'll be interesting to bring. I don't really have, again, this is not good uh, good radio or good uh, talk show, but like, I don't really have a fiery take on any of these coaches. I can tell you I don't really want the enemy, um, it sounds like. And this is from, oh gosh, Broncos media reporter Eric Goodman, I think was talking about it as well, that the enemy, the Chiefs would like the enemy to be elevated um, because they have a lot of eyes and want to, to retain Mike Kafka, who is their uh, QB coach right now. Um, and the Chiefs would probably move on from Eric Bienemy if it meant that they had a chance to lose Mike Kafka. Um, that was, again, that's where Eric Goodman was. Um, or
1: reported, that's a Kansas reporting. City reporter that is leaking stuff because they want to get Kafka hired. Ooh, maybe I should go hire this guy. You know how things work. It's tough it does
2: sound like Kafka is somebody that is really beloved and like, I hope has opened some eyes in um, that Kansas city team. Uh, and I'm he's a former Northwestern guy, former Northwestern head uh, quarterback, um, pretty smart and been in the league for a bit as a coach. So he'll be an interesting one as well, but it does sound like the chiefs would not be heartbroken if the enemy moved on because they are head over heels with Kafka. We'll see if it plays out that way. Um, time I'm passes calling my
1: shot. Now 20 years, 2042, the hot name for head coaching, Nakobe Dean nicobe dean there you go <laughs> i mean gosh he's
2: uh is that is that the jared mayo take there
1: coming up the the he's linebacker? uh he's just i'm sorry to change subject on this but just thinking of you know guys that have done it And when you said northwestern i was like all right you know smart guys okay that, that's good and i'm thinking okay nicobe dean linebacker from georgia uh number 17 if you if you haven't seen him uh probably go in the first round this year oh for sure uh graduated from with an engineering degree in three years team captain ticks all the boxes yeah. um you know Ticks small. all ticks all the boxes so um that's uh is may, could mayo be somebody like that I don't know but you know Nicobe Dean is somebody that I'm looking for where, where can I find somebody that in a 30 year old that reminds me of Nicobe Dean now yeah no that's Nikobe Dean was fun last night. I hope you got your eyes on uh,
2: Jalen Carter as well. Uh, Jordan Davis had a good game. We can save the national championship takes for later because the Broncos are in the midst of the coaching stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a good game. Um, I did want to get into just in general. The people are talking about Hackett here. Do you have any thoughts about Nathaniel Hackett? I know he hasn't had the best offenses historically, um, but he did have fine offenses with some pretty bad personnel. They didn't sustain success, but I think that's, again, you guys know, I'll say this a hundred times. It's a Jimmy's and Joe's league. I think the coaches can elevate guys, you know, maybe 10%, um, 15%, but in the end it comes down to that inherent inherent greatness in those individual players and staying self-motivated. These are adults, right? Like that's, these aren't kids. These are adults, but, uh, Hackett's personality, what he's done offensively, the minds he's been around. Maybe that's a good direction for the Broncos to go to have some, retention and stability on the offensive side of the ball
1: yvonne comes in and he has the question that i have you yeah. know is hackett the real deal or is it another gaze case sold by his hall of fame quarterback um you know i don't know i'll that be perfectly happen. honest with you i don't know the league well enough to say this is the guy i want from this position and, and this so we've got to do some i've got to do some studying for thursday's show for sure okay i'll i'll you know who are, who are some of the guys we think that we can be. I know Dan Quinn better, so mm-hmm. I can speak on him. But I don't know Nathaniel Hackett. Again, if you look at the numbers, if if you cross guys that have been fired in the NFL off your list, you don't have anybody left. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a three and out job for the most part. You know, most especially assistants. Uh, if you're good, you're moving up. If you're real good, you're moving on. If someone a- ahead of you doesn't do so well, then they're getting fired, and you're going to go with them. It's just the way it is. I don't know why he didn't have the same kind of success. I mean, I know one of the reasons, he didn't have Aaron Rodgers. But that becomes part of the question is, you know, is, is it Charlie Weiss? Is it Josh McDaniels? Is it uh, Joe Brady? You know, these guys that are, you know, at least those, the, the the previous two had some longer success because, you know, they were in the NFL and had Tom Brady for multiple years. But, you know, what can Nathaniel Hackett do without Aaron Rodgers? I don't know the answer to that question. And I I will do a little more digging and find out at least with a better opinion.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Yvonne for the uh, comment. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, We got Reginald coming in here saying, what about getting defensive end? Will Anderson Jr. From Alabama. Uh, That's going to take a path where the Broncos are going to lose a lot of games next year. Will Anderson is a sophomore, so he won't be eligible until the 2023 draft. If he was eligible in this draft, he would be going before Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, you're going to need at least a number Anderson. three
1: pick to get Will Anderson in 2023. Yep. He is,
2: uh, he's probably the best edge rushing prospect to come out since Miles Garrett. I mean, not, not a one for one type of player, um, but like that, that nope. caliber of edge. Going,
1: going back in time a little bit, and I think people forget just how good this man was, but was the late, great Derek Thomas mm-hmm. um, with his explosion and flexibility I see more of Derek Thomas in him than I do, um, you know, some of the other guys just, just, I mean, I, I think Derek Thomas had like a 30 sack season or something. I mean, just yeah. people forget just how amazing he was, uh, yeah. spe- you know, not just in college, just period. Yeah. Um, Broncos fans that, don't forget. They, they know Derek Thomas. That, that's who, that's who he reminds me of is, is, you know, you're, that's the ceiling, obviously. Derek yeah. Thomas is one of the greatest ever, ever put on a helmet.
2: Yeah, really, really good player. Uh, we got Evan, uh, Evan coming in here saying thanks, Nick and Scott. Thank you, Evan. I don't know what we're thank you you're thanking us
1: for, but uh, God bless you. How about you turn that thank you around and thank you? He's probably
0: yeah, thanking thank us for you. That-
1: again talking about new names. Um, yeah, Evan, I don't, I don't remember seeing your, your name on here. So welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here.
2: Yeah, no, thank you, Evan. He's probably thanking us for that amazing manscaped read. Uh, There's just people are just people are buzzing. I'm, i get, we're trend, we're trending on Twitter right now. Um, any of these other coaches, let's get through some more of these. So Dan Quinn, Scott, if the Broncos hired Dan Quinn, you got to be the inside guy. Why did Dan Quinn fail in Atlanta due to things he could control? Was it, was, what was, what could he
1: control that he failed at that he needs to get right in this next time he gets a head coach? He, he missed his hire. Um, let me grab it. He missed his hire when they're replacing Kyle Shanahan. That was the biggest, that was the biggest, the biggest problem he had that he could control. Uh, The stuff that he couldn't control, at least, you know, from the outside, you know, maybe he's the one telling Thomas Dimitrov, I don't need linemen or defensive players, man, I don't need those guys. I have a hard time believing that. So I throw that at Thomas Dimitrov. Dan Quinn missed on uh, the hire replacing Kyle Shanahan. The Falcons had the number one offense in the NFL and replaced him with a guy with a sketchy past at best in Steve Sarkeesian, who had never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL, um, and I might just say disgraced, um, you know, disgraced out of out of the college ranks. Uh, I think the tweet I put out there was, um, you know, if there's anybody that can help the Falcons get over a hangover, a Super Bowl hangover, it would be Steve Sarkeesian. Um, that was a, a kick in the nuts from me to a guy who you know who is a to almost 25 years sober to a guy that had pissed away a humongous opportunity at USC in Washington with his own problems and didn't deserve this shot as an offensive coordinator with the Falcons, uh, had the biggest historic drop in the history of the NFL for a number one offense in his first year and didn't fire him. Hmm. Didn't fire him. Didn't move on after one year. As soon as that happened, he lost the team. As far as I'm concerned, it, it didn't come out that way, but as far in, in my mind, and I was right, this team's done, this team's done. If you don't, if you don't make that change, this team is done, yeah. and they were, they were. So they went from should have won the Super Bowl uh, playoff, losing the game at the end, of the fourth quarter, last play of the game against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs, like eleven and six somewhere in there. To boom, they were done. Yeah, and uh, that was at the hands of that was a missed offensive coordinator hire in Steve Sarkisian. <sighs>
2: Steve, 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 now the head coach of the Texas Longhorns. We'll see how that goes. Uh, We got Fabio coming in here saying, just wanted to say, go Broncos from Italy. Forza, Azuri, right? Let's go. Uh, Hope this year is going to be better with all the changes. Italy, great country. Have you been to Italy, Scott?
1: I have a couple of times, actually. So, Fabio, who's your team? Who's your team out there? Um, No, you're Broncos, guy. so appreciate you being here. But who's your your other team? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Juventus. They have a horse on. Yeah, too. we'll see. So. We'll see. It's very, uh, you know, could be depending on where he is. Could be Inter. Could could be a Jose Mourinho guy. Could be As Roma. That would be great. We got. You know, what else is great. Ethan. God bless you, Ethan. Um,
2: coming in fifteen dollars, saying so is more Shanahan's responsibility for Atlanta success, not Quinn. I mean. Shanahan obviously had an incredible offensive scheme there and they did a lot of good stuff, but like Dan Quinn did a lot of good stuff too. They had Matt Ryan. A lot of
1: resources were poured into that offense too. In fact, all of the resources were poured into that offense too. Um, If you're looking for the final piece, the best, the best move that Thomas Dimitrov made in his tenure with the Atlanta Falcons was signing Alex Mack as a center to a big free agent contract and solidifying that offensive line. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Something like Napoli, nice. um As far as uh you know, solidifying the offensive line and getting a leader that makes the two guys on either side of you better. Bringing Alex Mack in was huge. Is there a guy like that for the Broncos this year? You know, Lloyd Cushenberry, God bless him, is serviceable, mm-hmm. but he's Indeed. not a bell cow. He's yeah. not the guy that's going to elevate the two guys on either side of him the way that that happens. So, um, Vic Beasley. Had a monster year. I think he had like 16 sacks that season. I don't think he had 16 sacks in the rest of his career. I think he had half of those against the Broncos. Around top five. So um, uh, going into that season and they were, and then they peaked at the right time. They were really, you saw how good they were until they Falconed it up.
2: Yep. Yeah. I think uh, Vic Beasley had half his sacks. Yeah, uh, that season against the Broncos. He had like a five sack game or something against a uh, Paxton Lynch and Tyson Brylo. And then the Falcons traded for Tyson Brylo. They sent us like a fourth round pick or something. You guys, it's like sitting on the whoopee cushion. We are just waiting to laugh. And you guys sent us draft capital for Tyson
1: Brylo. Oh, was- Thomas Dimitrov is the gift that just keeps on giving. got 16 yeah. more million dollars of Julio Jones on the cap next year. God bless. God Thanks, bless, Arthur. Thomas.
2: <laughs> Arthur coming in too. Uh, much love from Germany. That's that's my uh, that's my homeland up there in Ostfriesland, North Germany area. So uh, thank you so much. We got Michael coming in here. With more stars, I am sure. Um, I just want the right guy to take that can take Denver, the Denver Broncos organization into the future. <sighs> a lot of futures coming, and you better be ready for it because you're talking about a new head coach, a new offensive or a new offensive staff, defensive staff. Maybe Donnell still there. That's kind of the interesting. We'll see how that plays out without Donatel still being here. Um, and then, of course, the new ownership. So future is happening I think, now.
1: I think you got the guy. I think you, think you got the right guy. You think they'll keep Ed Donatel? No. His name's George Payton. Oh, that guy. You know, yes. the, if you read this statement for, for you know, literally, I just want the right guy that can take the Denver Broncos organization into the future. You know, yes. that's, a, that's a broad statement. And it could go from ownership. It could <laughs> go to general manager. And right now, you know, you look at Joel as saying, "Uh uh-uh, I've screwed this up enough. I want to be done with this, uh, you know, for everybody's sake. I'm giving it to George. Is George the right guy? Is George Payton the right guy? There's a lot of good signs there that says that he is. And, you know, you might have him already, which is a very gratifying thing for uh, for Broncos fans.
2: Yeah, very gratifying indeed. Hopefully, he'll be the guy um, that would be... Amazing. We'll see. I mean, I, I guess I'd be really afraid that if he comes in this year, let's say that the Broncos can't get Aaron Rodgers, they can't get Russell Wilson, which again, I feel like just cause last year I was hurt so bad by it <laughs> that it feels like I'm just like writing it off as pie in the sky. Um, but if they can't get the guy this year and it's another situation next season where it's a Bridgewater esque quarterback plus drew lock, um, and leading you to seven to nine wins again. Um, then what does that owner do with George Payton? Can he be like, well, you've had two years here and both times you've been bad or mediocre. So, uh, see ya. So it makes me, makes me a little concerned that they might be a little desperate at the quarterback position. And that leads to outright stupidity. Hello, trading up for Paxton Lynch. When, uh, your best option was Trevor Simeon and Mark Sanchez on your roster. Stupidity. Um, Pe- Peter Middleton coming in here saying Donatello is making a sense, sensible risk as Fangio will DC. And he's hoping to stay in the position. Um, so do- is making a sensible risk as Fangio's will be. Well, decent.
1: right now, there's there's nothing that is is set in stone. Yeah. But it was, you know, this was he goes in and, you know, if idiots like us can can say, okay, who are the three guys that have to go off this staff, then it's pretty obvious to, you know, yeah. it got done. It got done. It's nice when it's nice when the obvious happens. I hate it when people try and outsmart themselves. So who got fired? Who got fired? Shermer, McMahon. Uh, Fangio. The other ones haven't been fired, but it will be up to the discretion of the guy coming in on whether or not he wants to keep them or build their own staff. Yeah. Um, and that's tough. It is, it's tough. If you don't have a previous relationship with these guys, you don't know can I can I trust these guys? Can I go in and know that you know he's not going back to the, the general manager, you know, second guessing everything I do? And I don't think Donatel's gonna be someone like that. He doesn't strike me as somebody like that. So, you know, uh, you're coming in, you don't have to keep any of these guys, but you've got that option, which is nice because, uh, you know, you can, you can move forward with a current defensive coordinator and then maybe dial it up some say, okay, you know, Fangio was so adverse to risk. Now I want to have a little fun. We don't know that, but we, we could find out next year. And it's a, it's a, it's a good position to be in knowing that at worst you've got, you've got Donatel there to take over.
2: Yeah, totally. I agree with you. And i I really like the scheme, which Vic Fangio runs. I think that the issue this year wasn't the scheme, um, why the Broncos defense kind of wilted in key moments. It's this team just didn't have horses on the the front seven. They just, they just didn't. Um, Bradley Chubb playing on one leg. Malik Reed is a backup at best. The seventh round rookie Shelby Harris is fine. Mike Purcell getting pushed around your linebackers are to, you know, the fourth and fifth guy in the depth chart. The only guy in that front seven that I'm hanging my hat on, and that could start on most teams is Draymond Jones. The rest of them are league average at best.
1: I'm willing to give Mike Purcell a little bit of a pass, not for his play, but, you know, looking through the contracts, he's getting paid less than the punter or the, yeah. or the, and, or the kicker. I can't remember which one. McManus like, is he, he's so a $2 much. million dollar a year guy. That's your starting nose guard. Yeah. You know, I mean, snaps you, you kind of got what you paid for there. That's reserve nose. That's reserve interior lineman money at best. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you, again, you got what you paid for there. And I'm willing to give the the defense a little bit of a pass. Again, I'd like to see them be a little more aggressive. And today's dink and dunk offenses are so proficient at doing that that the bend and don't break doesn't do it for me. Um, but you needed a little more help from your offense. You yeah. know, if your offense is driving down and keeping the ball and converting third downs and putting points on the board. Your defense all of a sudden gets a lot better, I promise you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, we're going to have all off season to get into it. I mean, issues with losing consistently on first and second down against the run, not many third and long opportunities where you can get exotic looks. I mean, I remember that Raiders game, the Broncos had like one third and long and it was a strip sack where they used to twist and stunt with uh, Shelby Harris. And he came around and got the, uh, the strip sack. And it's like, oh, when you have third and long Vic Fangio will actually, uh, use some exotic looks to create pressure, but, uh, couldn't do it enough. And I just don't think they have the horses in the front seven this season, especially with Von Miller getting traded and, uh, Bradley Chubb playing on one leg. I think they were the Post Von Miller trade. They were the f- they had the fourth lowest uh, pressure rate of any team in the NFL this season. So some of that is on the offense, but still, it's a um, it's a unit that needs needs probably a couple more winners in the front seven. I'm willing to give Baron Browning a pass, and if you brought back Josie Jewell, f- I think you're fine at linebacker next season. Uh, but on the defensive line, just not many winners right now. Um,
1: Scott, will you do any live shows at the Senior Bowl? My, the way the schedule is set up, uh, our schedule shouldn't change. So practice runs, I think, from ten thirty central, which is eleven thirty um, eastern, till about two thirty central, which is three thirty. So it shouldn't interfere. I plan on going out Monday night, so um, and then I'll be at practice. So we'll have Monday Broncos for breakfast. Um, Monday for the 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 huddle up pod. Tuesday Broncos for breakfast shouldn't interfere. And then I'll go straight to, to practice from there. Uh, if anything, I want to start adding some things. So maybe I do something senior bowl live shows before we do huddle up pod on Wednesday night, or we do huddle up pod Wednesday night from the senior bowl. And that's that that's me and Nick doing it. Maybe mm-hmm. on, on Wednesday night, all of that's up in the air, but if anything, Nothing's going to change as far as uh, subtractions from uh, the shows that we do on Wednesday mornings and and, and Thursday morning Tuesday. Th- Nothing's going to change in the morning. If anything, we're going to add. We're going to yeah. add shows so that we can take advantage of being down there and seeing all of these uh, these, these senior bowls, the senior bowl players. So, so the question. Man. I'm looking. I'm pretty excited about it actually. You should be. Uh, hopefully, I hope. I'm hoping you have good weather.
2: Uh, that would be amazing. Um, gosh, all the quarterbacks that are down there too. I know that is, uh, I talk a lot with uh, a good bit with Andrew Mason, who I respect a a heck of a lot been covering the Broncos beat for a decade plus. Um, And he's saying that the Broncos, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers or uh, Russell Wilson to prepare yourself for a first round quarterback. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to trust your eyes down there, Scott, and hopefully the Broncos end up with the best guy. And um, hopefully this head coaching hire can kind of start to create a vision for what the Broncos might do at the quarterback position. I'm still at the exact same spot where I was, a month ago, when you talked to me, there are six guys here, and God bless me if I can separate them one through six. So just give me the guy that's the smallest investment. And if they hit, that's awesome. If they don't hit, I'm back to the drawing board in 2023. Um, but that's not always the best way to go with the quarterback position. That's just how I'm comfortable right now.
1: Yeah. I, I it, it should be a lot more fun because there's so much, there's so many more eyes on the quarterbacks. Last year, the, the only decent quarterback I thought, um, that could, that could play that, that could end up being a, you know, a guy period. Cause I wasn't a big fan of Kellen Mond. No. Um, was Mike said, Zimmer? do not draft Jamie Newman or Felipe Franks. You know, there was talk about him. I, I saw people had Jamie Newman. I, I completely forgot about Jamie Newman until his name came up last night in the game. I'm like, that's right. That's the guy that people were asking me about in the second or third round. I said, he looks out of place. He's the only guy that looks like he shouldn't be here at all. Yeah. Uh, why are people talking about drafting this guy? because um, he had a bunch of stars next to his name as a recruit or what because he was not it but this one there should be five or six guys down there that are gonna be draft picks they're yeah. gonna be high draft picks and whether they can play or not you know is this gonna be the christian ponder year where everybody lost their freaking minds and and was overreaching a quarterback um we won't i won't necessarily know but I'll have a pretty good idea coming in, you know, saying, no, this, this is, you never know. You never know. Trust me. But especially at court, you get a better idea than, than (laughs) you get a better idea when you get a chance to watch them live out there for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, we got Keone coming in here. Aloha. And good morning, fellas. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Um, we got Alberto coming in saying, why isn't Matt Corral playing in that game? Is Matt Corral eligible? I don't know if he's eligible. I think he's a junior. Um, uh, he got hurt too. He got hurt, hurt as well. I think I mean, he, got, a high he got, spring?
1: he got hurt in the bowl. So, you know, I don't, I don't want him out there necessarily. Mm-hmm. He can, he's, he's got enough Q rating that he can run his own pro day and, and yeah. do his own private workouts. And, you know, these teams will go to wherever he happens to be working out, whether it's Oxford or his hometown mm-hmm. or what, whatever, Oxford, Mississippi, or, uh, you know, if, if he's working out with a, a trainer, they'll, they'll go see him multiple times. So. Yeah, yeah, no. He is
2: a—he's an interesting one. Matt Corral probably will be my quarterback one, but I'm not going to have a first-round grade grade on a single one of these guys. I like them all. I don't love any of them. If Carson Strong didn't have the knee issues, I went through uh, this weekend. I went through games of his junior season and this last year of Carson Strong, and some of it is the air raid, but like the deep ball accuracy difference that he has compared to Sam Howell is night and day. Uh, that dude can sling the rock. He's not a a great athlete He's not a twitchy athlete, so to speak, but uh, he does enough in the pocket while keeping his head still downfield, looking to attack, looking to make big plays. You're not going to make big plays unless you're looking to make them. And he does that at a good clip. So I'm excited to see what he can do. It's just the knee concerns me.
1: I was at the senior bowl one year and I think it was Andrew Luck's year. And I remember thinking, you know, there's nobody here that's going to make you forget that Andrew luck isn't. Um, yeah. I kind of feel that way about this, you know, watching Bryce young again last night, like there's there's nobody here that's gonna make you forget that Bryce Young's out there lurking next year. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't matter if you can use a hype you can use a middle round pick, trade back and take a guy this year and still go bad and get um Bryce Young next year. Yeah. I thought the
2: Broncos were a year off on everything they did surrounding Drew Locke. They should have done <laughs> it's a bad dog. Bad dog. Um, not you summit. You're good. He's in his kennel sleeping. Um <laughs> the I thought the Broncos were a year off constantly with Drew Locke. Um, I was fine with what they did rookie year, giving him those five games, but they should have done a Teddy Bridgewater-esque thing again in 2022 and not left him out there to dry, especially knowing what we know how that 2020 played out. Uh, and then maybe you'd have a better idea or a protected lock a little bit more because he looked better this season than he ever did in 2020. And I think a lot of that should be, um, not a lot, but some of that I can contribute to Teddy Bridgewater saying, like, look, look, you don't have to score a touchdown every single play this isn't race for the heisman on your ncaa campaign on your ps2 right like just run the offense protect the ball and you're gonna give yourself a chance and he did that this year to his credit i'm last year i was ready to move on from drew lock this year if they keep drew lock and bring in you know veteran x with a day two picket quarterback i get it i have no issue with that because i thought he played pretty well down the stretch i was impressed um but uh, unfortunately, they've been off a year constantly. We'll see what happens with the quarterbacks here. Um, any of these other names that you want to get into, uh, Scott, before we keep on um, trucking and getting us on out of here?
1: Um, as far as I want hit, to hit this name, because, again, a new name for me is it uh, looks like Dwayne. That's a different, different spelling. But, you know, I, I like different because, you know, Nick, Scott, Chad, our names are, are you know, kind of boring. So I always pay attention to the. Carl. more unique spelling and names I, I like that stuff but Dwayne coming in with some stars so thank you so much yeah, thank you um I I'm interested in the names that we haven't heard you know I'm interested in you know like like you said earlier Jim Caldwell Jim Caldwell you know I mentioned that you know winning with the Atlanta Falcons is not easy winning with the Detroit Lions is probably even harder yeah. Jim Caldwell had a decent run with the Lions before he was let go um Doug Peterson. You know, is he out there, and who would he bring it? In, in as a staff, that's going to be one of the questions. Is, uh, you know, who do you want? That's going to be one of George Payton's questions. Is okay, we're interested. You know, who who do you want as a staff? How would you build the team around here? How would you take? How would you use the, the pieces you've got? Um, going back to the 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 Drew Locke discussion. Um, I, I I think we we said on here last week. I think it was you and I, Nick. Like, you know, Drew Locke right now is your, is, is your floor. That's basically as bad as it should get. And that's not all bad, mm-hmm. but I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket either. You know, obviously, you know, Dr- Drew Locke while has shown improvement, uh, I don't, you know, he threw for one touchdown in three games. He was and three, he's lost about six straight. He's, you know, he's still not there yet. He has shown improvement. There's obviously reasons that to, for hope for him to get better. But I, I don't want to strap my wagon to, to, there, to there just yet. I want to make sure that there's plenty of options. And, you know, again, Peyton has said, maybe not indirectly or directly, you know, we, we've got to improve the quarterback. You know, whether that's with who we've got or we bring in somebody new, the quarterback play has to get better. And it does. It, it absolutely does.
2: Yep, it does. I also like that Peyton's talked about the, the trenches as well in his interviews recently talking about building up on those guys and they have a good foundation, but they're looking to get better there. So, uh, you know, that's something that I'm very, I'm very interested in them doing. And you talked about Dan Quinn failing because Dimitrov did not invest enough in the trenches. I don't think that's going to be an issue with Peyton, especially with Peyton seeing what just happened to Rick Spielman. Dan
1: Quinn will have a, and and it's not even just that look at the cap situation that Thomas Dimitrov left and all, all that was started under, under Dan Quinn. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Go through spot rack and pick up the Atlanta Falcons and you will go down to dead cap, yeah. go down to next year and look at top cap hits and you're going to say, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, the number one cap hit in the NFL next year, Matt Ryan. The number two inside linebacker, Deion Jones. The number three offensive tackle, um, Jake Matthews. You know, you're 15 million in dead cap to Julio Jones. <laughs> no, God, no. Meanwhile, you got Monopoly money in Denver. And part of that, to their credit, is the previous regime, is not getting yourself into bad contracts. So Peyton, again, it was a good time to leave Minnesota. They just wiped everybody out. But Peyton took a good job. He took a good job. Uh, He might be the right guy, but Denver Bronco is a very good situation to be in. And Michael, appreciate you being here. Thanks for the stars uh, throughout the morning, uh, my friend. Yep, thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate it.
2: And uh, Colin was waiting for the other shooter drop because I uh, said something nice about Locke, so I always type,
1: balance that with... Uh, oh, sorry. I was I was getting go. rid of that one. It's okay. Colin here. Colin's been salty all New Year. Colin's, Colin's been in a bad mood since... I don't know if it was before Christmas or not, but it was definitely since New Year I noticed that Colin's been super salty.
2: Yeah, it's okay, Colin. I was just saying I was impressed by Drew Locke. I didn't have high expectations coming in, and he surpassed him, so... Uh, take that as you will. Um just here to give the best opinion I can. I'm not here to pull punches either. Uh, Jetty Splash. Hi, good morning. If it's not been discussed yet, why is Shermer's name still on the roster on the Broncos website? Please. Um, Broncos website's been pretty slow all season with like debt, uh, debt chart, debt chart stuff and injury stuff. So I'm not reading too much into it. Pat Shermer's is effectively gone. I would not worry. You're pretty little head, Jetty Splash. Uh, it's yeah, going to be don't, fine.
1: Don't worry that the admin writers, the digital manager hasn't kept up with it. Yeah. Um, they're gone. It was, it was a three. It was Shermer McMahon and Fangio yeah. get out. Uh, we don't care who's coming in. We don't want you here anymore. Um, the others, the meeting was, um, we've made a change. There will be a new guy and he will have a chance to interview you. Your contract for now is still being honored. Yeah. That's, yep. that's the conversation. And some other guys that
2: I did want to shout out here, just some coaches, since we're doing a lot of coach talk here. Um, the Lions have, are moving on from Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator, former head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. I, the Broncos are not going to bring him in um, to be a head coach, obviously, but Anthony Lynn does have some history with the organization, and he is a good coach, maybe not a good offensive coordinator, but there's definitely a chance, maybe running back coach, replacing Curtis Motkin, so keep an eye out for him. Somebody also who I think, not a head coaching candidate, but I know that the Panthers have interviewed, are interviewing him or requested an interview, and I'd be all about interviewing him as well. Is a uh, Pep Hamilton, who is the offensive coordinator, I believe. He's either offensive coordinator or quarterback coach with the Houston Texans. And the year prior to that, he was the offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach with uh, the Chargers. So back to back years, Justin Herbert's rookie season, Davis Mills' rookie season. Um, I, I'd be interested in bringing in Pep Hamilton to at least for an interview, seeing like, hey, what's it? What's in the sauce? What are you doing for those quarterbacks to maximize them? Because I mean Herbert was a number 7 overall pick but I don't think anybody saw him breaking records in a in a I guess 2020 offenses across the league were at an all-time high but still I mean that incredible and what he did with Davis Mills this year who was an afterthought in this quarterback class so Pep Hamilton I think deserves some uh, some eyeballs as well.
1: Good shout. I think the one name that was interesting to me uh was Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator of Detroit Lions. Um Detroit was was not a good team this year. Yeah. But you want to talk about a team that was fairly easy to root for, you know, Mm -hmm. the way that they went out and played hard constantly. Uh, I watched the Detroit, you you guys didn't get to see Detroit lions really play. The Detroit lions were a better team, you know, than than you saw because they were just, they had a B squad out there. Uh, They played at about a 500 level down the stretch and um, there for overall for the season, the Detroit lions held the Falcons to their fourth lowest yardage total for a 17 game season. That's pretty good defense. Um, they've had some investment into the defensive side of the ball, but their defense played really well. That team played really hard. I think, uh, Aaron Glenn is a, is a good, a good shout to, uh, to, to pick his brain a little bit and bring him in for an interview. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, DWI guys, Ethan coming back in, uh, another colored chat
2: here. So God bless you. Man, that's a. Incredible. Um, favorite football movie line in, is from coach Penn and draft day. I hate rookie quarterbacks. They're stupid and they're scared. They're arrogant. Um, they're arrogant. Yeah. That's uh, a, <laughs> none of these rookie quarterbacks. I feel great about coming in and playing day one. Uh, I could see a path where Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter come in and start day one out of the gate, given their experience. And man, I was really hoping Desmond Ritter would have a good game against Alabama. I need to go back and kind of put all his games uh, concurrently. Um, but I, I think he's a really, really smart quarterback. I think they put a lot on his plate, but he sometimes is a little bit quick with the processing or a little slow with the processing, stays on that first read, and his accuracy is a little bit hit or miss. But I think you could easily easily run a RPO-heavy, Frank Reich, Indianapolis Colts-style offense with Desmond Ritter to solid success.
1: Alabama he won't be the he's not the first and he won't be the last quarterback to not look great against an Alabama defense I mean yeah. especially on the biggest stage when Nick Saban has has some time uh to prep for you uh I like draft days. a draft days is a good show I do I that was a that was a good movie I did enjoy that one yeah I enjoy
2: Rock Lake Angus coming in here with $10. Thank you so much can, uh, contributing to our show. Good to see you, Rock Lake. Good morning, guys. Do you think Rich Rich Scangarello will get consideration for offensive coordinator? I do not. Um, does not sound like Scangarello is the prize pig over there in San Francisco. It sounds like Mike McDaniel is the guy that you should be interested in over there. He's the offensive coordinator. He's not calling plays for them, but he has been a rising star for years. I remember talking um talking about him and talking to people in the league about him when the Broncos hired Rich gangarillo It's like, well, why did they bring in Rich Scangarello instead of Mike McDaniel when San Francisco raves about Mike McDaniel and haven't heard the same about Rich Scangarello to the same extent as Mike McDaniel? Um, they wanted Rich Gangarello because he had more experience with quarterbacks than Mike McDaniel did, where Mike McDaniel was more of the run game, offensive line kind of guy. But uh, keep an eye out, Mike McDaniel, Denver native. Um, he is, he's going to get at be a head coach eventually in this league. He's the next in line for that Kyle Shanahan team, not Rich Scangarello.
1: good stuff nick uh peter coming in saying will some potential head coaches refuse the job without new ownership coming in uh i don't think so i I don't think so i mean it could actually be seen as a positive to be honest with you you sign me to a five-year 50 million dollar deal and only give me one year of it you're gonna pay me out 50 million dollars and i can go get another job so the coaches are arrogant uh, arrogant enough to believe that they can they can fix whatever ails a team for the most part and there's not much that ails the Denver Broncos. I see a good roster, I see a good GM, yeah. I see a great fan base, and I see lots of cap money. Let's go to work. Those yeah. things matter so much more than who the owner is. Is my check clearing? Am I getting paid? We're good. So yep. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. And Peyton was asked about that again. And he's like, I don't, and you expect him to say this? Okay. Um, uh, you know, I really don't think it's much of a factor. Yes, I expect him to say that, but I agree with him. You know, yep. you know, sometimes what you hear GM speak, there's a phrase I like to use, just because I'm biased doesn't mean I'm wrong. George Payton is definitely biased. He has every reason to say that ownership isn't going to affect this. Oh, man, it really sucks with the ownership situation. Hopefully we can get somebody to come in and coach his team. No, he's not going to say that. But I, I agree with him. I just don't think it's that that big a deal.
2: I agree with you on that, in that front. Uh, thank you very much, Peter, for the comment here. On um, the last thing I want to say before getting out of here, I keep forgetting to bring it up. But um, the name we haven't even talked about in here yet is shocking firing. Brian Flores, uh, fired after three years. We, t- I guess you mentioned it earlier with the Miami Dolphins. Um, I would, on the surface, I think Brian Flores would make a heck of a lot of sense for Denver. And shout out to George Payton too. Um, maybe this doesn't deserve to be sh- shouted out, but uh, Broncos interviewing three minority head coaching candidates when only two of the head coaches in the NFL where a league is 80% African-American um, is probably not the best. Um, and the Broncos are interviewing right now, I think three African-American head coaches. So that would be great. It stinks that Brian Flores was uh, moved on from. I don't think Brian Flores makes a lick of sense for Denver because it sounds like there were some issues between general manager uh, Chris, Chris Greer, Chris Greer uh, for the Miami dolphins and uh, Brian Flores Chris Greer and George Payton are best buddies. You think Rick Spielman and George Payton are close? Chris Greer and George Payton are be- best friends, uh, is my understanding. So, if there is an issue between Chris Greer and Brian Flores, I don't think you're going to see George Payton hop on Brian Flores quickly to bring him in, uh, given how much those connections matter. Maybe they will interview him, but I just think it's a long shot for Flores to come to come in, given the relationship with Flores. All right, uh, between Peter or uh, Greer and Payton.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't particularly care that. Uh, the, the schedule they ran seven off in a row against the you know the the dregs of the NFL. Yeah. You win seven in a row in this league, you're doing something right. It, yeah. That's that's not easy. I don't care if you line up and play the worst team in the NFL seven times in a row. Yeah. Uh, that team was on the upswing and is on the upswing. The Miami Dolphins. So that caught me a little by surprise. Uh, I mentioned yeah. that kind of earlier in the show. Uh, I'll just repeat it. We get a lot a lot of different people come in throughout the throughout the show. Um, that I couldn't remember a, a, someone keeping their job after three years. I'm sure it's happened, but yeah. I couldn't remember someone having three straight losing seasons and keeping their job. I was like, "There's no way Fangio comes back. There's just no way." Not with as as hapless and hopeless and boring that this team is, and your that the fan base is turning apathetic and angry. That it is just, there's just no way. And then you know, I thought, okay, well, Brian Flores might be that guy. And and he wasn't. That, that surprised me a little bit that he wouldn't come in. So he, he won't be out of a job long. I promise you that. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I agree with you there.
2: Um, well, guys, we got to get on out of here. Uh, appreciate you so much. um It's been an hour. We'll be back again. I'll be back again tonight with Carl, who is back in the country with his family now from the Dominican. So that'll be great. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle, where you can see all of our content coming in there uh, when we go live, when there's any new articles, et cetera, et cetera. So, if you're following us there, you're not going to miss any of that. Make sure also you're going to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on, as uh, Chad likes to say. We got the coffee mugs, we got the hats. Scott always uh, has his hair done in the morning, so he's not wearing the beanie, but maybe it'll get cold in Georgia again. So oh, we it was. The I had
1: it on this morning. Take it out the go.
2: trash. There we go. That's what we want. You need a rain jacket here to take out the trash. Um, Also guys, make sure you're joining us in the metaverse, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are listening to this after the fact, or you have an iTunes account in general, or wherever you listen to these after the fact with your podcast, make sure you find mile high huddle huddle up and uh, leave us and the football priest, but us your, your morning crew, the breakfast club, a five-star review and a chance to win some swag every single month. If you guys are on YouTube, Make sure you go to YouTube and find us at Mile High Huddle. Subscribe, like, and share to our show there, as well as Scott's channel at YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, Scott, any parting words before we get on out
1: of here? Any thoughts on the championship or the coaches or life? At this point right now, just a plug, you know, it's our first time. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code MHH at Mm manscaped.com. Do it. Yeah, Go get it done. New year, new balls, right? That's what the read says, or something.
2: <laughs> Scott's like the read is really cringy, and I'm like, you just gotta lean into it. They, the, the dirtier, the sillier, the better. I need all the puns. Um, that'll be great. I'm curious, what are we gonna have some groundhog day ones for February? Or pre- make the presidents proud for President's Day with your newly shaved balls? Like, oh, just let's let's do it. Let's have a good time with it. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Um, good game last night. We're excited to see the new coaches that the Broncos are gonna interview in this process. Um obviously they cannot interview a lot of guys because they're part of teams that are in the playoffs, but you could see those two Packers guys being interviewed here pretty, uh, pretty soon. So um, we'll see. It'll be fun. A lot of news, a lot of changes coming and a lot of hope in Broncos country. So uh, we'll lean into that. Let's, let's hope the uh, also let's go. Whoever's playing the Raiders and whoever's playing the chiefs, Uh, knock those two sons of guns out of the playoffs and, knock the rams out of the playoffs cardinals because we i'm not cheering against von miller but i want the picks to be higher so there's a rooting rooting interest for this weekend you guys have a good one we'll see you tonight for building the broncos and choose kindness choose compassion go broncos
0: head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things broncos good morning
1: broncos country